Hello, and welcome to Cauldron Cakes and Wine, a Harry Potter podcast. My name is Polly, and today we're going to be talking about the second Twilight movie, which is called New Moon. As always, please remember that this podcast is marked explicit, meaning that we talk about sensitive subjects sometimes, and we occasionally swear. Be sure to check the show description for any content warnings. Also, just a reminder, but this podcast has spoilers in it, so there are going to be spoilers for any of the Twilight books. So, as I already mentioned, today we are going to be talking about New Moon, which is the second in the Twilight series. Um, This movie came out in 2009, and it was directed by Chris Welts. It's an adaptation of Stephanie Meyer's New Moon, and the screenplay was written by Melissa Rothenberg, and it is starring Kristen Stewart, Robert Patterson, and Taylor Lautner. Um, So yeah, just a reminder that if you haven't listened to the other two episodes, I did an episode on Moonlight Sun and I did an episode on the first Twilight movie. Uh, so as I mentioned before in those, I am not a diehard Twilight fan. This is not going to be like a glowing review. So if this is a book series or a movie series that you are diehard in love with, I might make you a little bit angry. Um, so just, just, just a reminder, I don't want anybody um, to ever kind of go into this and be a little bit like offended by it. I don't want to hurt their feelings. I am critical of it though. I, I really, really, I am enjoying watching these movies back. Um, they are a fever dream. I remember the first one, but I do not really remember a lot from this one. It's, I, I, I had fun taking notes on this. So... We're just going to jump right in. Okay, so I started off with plot, and I have a little bit more substantial notes this time, because if you remember for the other one, I didn't talk that much about plot, because I'd already done the episode on Midnight Sun. Um, so I remembered like vague things about this movie, but I have no memory of watching it at all. I know that Bella gets depressed and that Edward leaves, but I couldn't remember why he leaves. And I remembered that there was werewolves and Italy, but I didn't remember why any of those things <laughs> happened or anything to do with it. Um, the movie after this one, I don't remember a single thing. I think there's a scene where Edward and Jacob have to keep Bella warm on the side of like a snowy mountain. And I don't know why, but that's like the only thing that I remember from the second film, or sorry, the third film. And the last one I remember because I think it's the most bizarre fever dream in the entire series. So I remember quite a bit from the last one. This movie starts with a really bizarre scene where Bella is in a meadow and she thinks she sees her grandmother, but it's really a mirror. And she is standing there with Edward and she is an old grandmother and wakes up and it is her 18th birthday <laughs> because that's so old, right? Um, and then Charlie makes a joke that Bella's getting gray hairs and she like jumps out of bed and looks in the mirror. Um, like what teen actually thinks that they're getting gray hair? Um, I don't know, man. I, I I get that Bella is worried about looking like an oddly matched couple. She doesn't want to be seriously like physically older than him. And that makes sense. But I don't know, man. It's, it's kind of hard to watch this continuous obsession over age. 
Bella even goes as far later to say as you don't want me to look like a grandmother. Like, calm the fuck down, girl. Like, we get it. But, like, we don't just wither and die into, like, uninteresting, ugly masses. Aging is totally fucking normal and people get more interesting and, like, I don't know. It... The fact that they cast somebody who looks like he is like 25 years old as well. It's like you really think that you turning 18 is going to make you look uh, like oddly matched with this guy who looks like he's 25. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's a lot. It's it's a lot. So basically, they throw a forced birthday party for Bella and she gets a paper cut and Jasper tries to kill her. And I feel really bad for Bella because she just has so little self-esteem. Edward decides that he's going to break up with her and leave her and she's never going to see him again. And Bella basically is like, wait, you don't want me to go with you? And he says, no, I don't want you to go. And she just straight up believes him and thinks that it's because he doesn't like her anymore. When it's pretty clear that he still likes her, I... It just, I feel bad. Like, she doesn't have a single shred of self-confidence. It's really sad to watch. So basically, Edward has this conversation with her in the forest, um, telling her he's going to leave. And then all of a sudden, he just leaves her in the forest. Like, just totally leaves her. And she's, like, running through the forest, trying to find him. And eventually, she just falls on the ground and just cries in the fetal position. Um, until one of the, like, wolf clan find her. And basically, her dad has put an entire search party out for her, and all of these people are looking for her, and then the guy is, like, carrying her. He's shirtless. He's shirtless carrying her as she's just, like, sobbing. And I I can honestly say, like, if I were a parent and my daughter's boyfriend suddenly left town and she was found sobbing covered in dirt in the forest and having like night terrors after that I would think Edward assaulted her like there would be no other thing that I could think of I would think Edward assaulted her and I would put her directly into therapy um basically Bella sits in front of this window and months just pass by and she's writing these emails to Alice who is never replying um and Charlie just should have sent her to therapy. Uh, he one day is just like, look, Bella, something has to change. I'm going to send you to live with your mom because he doesn't know what to do. So instead of sending her to therapy, he's like, I'm just going to send you back to Phoenix. I don't know how to handle this. And so as a response so that she doesn't have to leave Forks, <laughs> Bella's like, I'm going to go for a girl night, a girl's night out with Jessica. <laughs> And that solves it. That's fine. Everything's good now. <laughs> so Bella does these dangerous things so that she can see Edward. But in the movie, they don't really explain it. They just show this like floating head. Of <laughs> it's just like a floating head of Edward being like, don't do that, Bella. And it's like, I don't know if you only watch the movie, how you would understand at all what was happening the only reason I really understood it was because I 
it like sparked a memory from the books and I remembered it, but it looks so bizarre. <laughs> it's really funny. But this whole behavior from Bella is completely unhinged. She basically goes and rides motorcycles with these like creepy men just so that she can see Edward's like floating head ghost. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, and I know throughout the books that we're supposed to find Jessica to be really annoying, but she is like the only voice of reason in this entire series. Jessica is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Are you suicidal? You could have gotten hurt. What are you doing? Stop this. In general, though, the way that this book and movie depict Bella's heartbreak is it's seriously unhinged. Like I she has serious mental health issues and it is concerning and it is not normal that when Edward just returns she is suddenly better or that she needed Jacob to fill some kind of void that Edward was like it's it, it's not this is not good this is not good at all it's really depicted that the reason why Bella is acting this way is because this is her true love. This is not a normal breakup. They are soulmates and that's why she's acting this way. Um, but like, that's not normal. It's not, it's really not. Like, Edward didn't die, first of all. Like, he's still alive. All he did was break up with you. Which, getting broken up with sucks, but it's it's not something that you become completely catatonic and have, like, night terrors over. I don't know. Maybe, I, I don't know. Like, it, it's, it's too much. This is too large, like, of a reaction. So, Bella takes some motorcycles to Jacob to get him to help her fix them up, and she's totally using him, and it's really, really hard to watch. This entire love triangle doesn't make any sense because we all know that she's going to pick Edward. She was always going to pick Edward and she always will pick Edward. There is no hope for poor Jacob here. And it, honestly, out of the two, Jacob is the better choice. Like they hang out, they talk, they share interests, they laugh together. He isn't pushy or controlling. I, I don't know. It's... <laughs> Bella tells Alice in an email that Jacob makes her feel alive. And that, like, it's kind of cute. You kind of get the impression that if Edward was never around and she didn't have this, like, weird relationship with Edward, that she could have, like, really liked Jacob. So Bella is hanging out with <laughs> Jacob and she makes a joke saying that she's a cougar because Jacob's like a year younger than her. And Jacob just looks at her and is like, what is it with you in age? And it's like, fuck, finally someone asks what we're all thinking. <laughs> so we see some of the sort of wolf boys uh, cliff diving and I've always really hated how these movies and books depict cliff diving as being some like big bad dangerous thing like people do this all the time um, I grew up doing this you just have to check the like water levels below where you're jumping it's not that big of a deal in fact there are a lot of places in cottage country that are known as like cliff diving spots and you just have to check the water levels um, at the time of year that you're going it's really not that dangerous so I don't really believe in like the friend zone in regards to like when 
why can't men and women just be friends and men not expect a relationship from a woman that like if you are spending time with a woman it has to then turn into romance because that's what a man is owed but in this case Bella is doing something completely unfair to Jacob and this would be like the only way that I could consider someone actually friend zoning someone. Um, She says things to him that completely lead him on but then is like I can't be with you but I can't be without you and this just isn't fair. It's... It's not that Jacob is expecting something from her and her just wanting to be friends with him. She's completely leading him on and she's completely emotionally unavailable to him, even though she's acting like there could be something between the two of them. Bella goes back to the meadow because she wants to like see Edward there or something. I don't fucking know. But she finds Laurent there and he's looking for Bella because he wants to kill Victoria and, or sorry, Victoria wants to kill her. She's mad that the Cullens killed James. Um, And I just don't really understand why Edward or the Cullens didn't think about this before they left and they left her completely unprotected. But Bella ends up being saved by the werewolves because obviously she can't die um (laughs) so it's very convenient um but man the cgi is bad oh my god it's so bad shortly after this bella finds out that jacob is a werewolf she finds out about the werewolves and we go and we meet emily who is engaged to one of the werewolves and she seems to be like a mother and sort of takes care of all of them And I think Bella is supposed to look at Emily and sort of see her future if she were to choose Jacob. I think that's her purpose. I don't know. I feel like I don't hate Emily's character. It's just, it's kind of cute, the idea of like, she's like the mother of all of these werewolf kids and she's helping nurture them and grow and whatever and she feeds them food. Um, But that being said, in the realm of Twilight, it's kind of annoying because... There's only one way to be a good woman in this series, and that's to conform to gender roles. If you look at Esme and Emily and you compare them to, um, you know, Bella's mom, Renee, it's like you can't be carefree or like free-spirited and still be a good mom. You know, you have to be this one specific archetype of what a woman is to be a good mom in this series, and that's why I find Emily to be kind of a problematic character it's just in the whole context of the entire like realm the universe of twilight so now bella has new protectors she's got these wolves to protect her because (laughs) she needs someone to constantly be protecting her um yeah i don't know if anything this movie is like what even is this plot i don't know is anything really happening right now like there's some wolves um there's motorcycles that's about it bella decides to go cliff jumping fully clothed in jeans and with her shoes on and she almost drowns of course she almost drowns because do you know how hard it is to swim fully clothed they make you do it when you do lifeguard training and it is so fucking hard. I thought I was going to drown in like the shallow end of a pool wearing clothing trying to swim. It's not easy. 
Jacob ends up saving her and they're back at Bella's house. There's this whole kerfuffle because Alice has shown up and uh, I basically like Jacob and Bella like almost kissed. They like kind of like lightly graze their lips together and then the phone rings and it's like poor, poor team Jacob fans. Like, is this the only like the closest thing they get to a kiss? Like, not that I'm like that sad for all the teenage girls out there, but like, come on, like you couldn't have given them like one fucking kiss. I don't know. <laughs> Being a like like a Jacob fan must have been really tiring. <laughs> also, I just learned recently that the Team Edward versus Team Jacob thing wasn't like who they wanted to be with Bella. That it was actually who people thought was hotter, which I'm completely mind blown. Like what the fuck i i was a little bit like old for this fandom right like this movie came out in 2009 so i would have been in like my first year at ocad so i was in like first year university um that's probably why i don't remember anything past the first movie coming out (laughs) because i'd kind of aged out of the demographic I was no longer like a high school student. If I was in university watching these movies or like going to the theater to watch them, I feel like I would have been pretty embarrassed knowing myself. So that's probably why I lost any kind of interest in them. Basically, Edward calls and Jacob weirdly answers Bella's home phone and tells Edward that Charlie is arranging a funeral because one of Charlie's friends had died. But Edward thinks it's Bella. So Edward thinks Bella is dead because she jumped off this cliff and now he's going to go and kill himself. So everyone has to go to Italy and they very suddenly are in Italy. They don't really show a plane ride or anything. It's just like Bella's running through this crowd of people in red capes. Everyone's wearing red capes. There's like some kind of a parade happening. It's very bizarre. It's very fucking bizarre. I don't know what's happening here. Like, of course, Edward has to come out shirtless because everyone in this movie must be shirtless. Bella's running through a fountain and then she, like, smashes herself into him just in time. (laughs) Of course. Let me just say, like, (laughs) poor Robert Patterson. Like, I mean poor all of these actors but mostly poor Robert Patterson in this moment because like he's not a bad looking guy but they continuously put this like white face paint onto him and in this moment it's like he is shirtless in like a teen like (laughs) movie where he is supposed to be a teen heartthrob and they have just put white paint like all down his body and he looks just like, I don't think he's, like, a bad-looking guy. It's just, I don't know, man. Why do they have to do that to him? <laughs> so this movie ends with the Volturi, and honestly, they are the most interesting part of this film. Dakota Fanning is there, and we get to see her as a vampire, and I think she does a really good job with her character. There is a vampire there that can read people's souls by, like, touching their hand. And Dakota Fanning's character can, like, look at people and cause them pain. It's really cool. I want to know more about them. That's the thing that's the most interesting in these books. And it's, I don't know. There's sometimes where you're like, okay, the werewolves are really interesting. 
vampires really interesting the connection between both of them is interesting the Volturi is interesting but we're just watching these like pained looking people um just tell each other they love each other so much it's like why why can't we just uh, I don't know it's fine I get that this is like a romance novel I guess it's just because it's so fantasy driven I feel like there are a lot of fantasy driven things that still have a large romance plot line in them and I think that this book series and this movie series doesn't do a good job of balancing that out so basically the Volturi decide that Bella can stay alive but that eventually she has to be turned into a vampire and obviously Edward is not happy about this um, but they all go back to the Cullens house and all the Cullens vote on whether Bella can become a vampire and a part of their family and it's decided that they're going to turn her after graduation, after she graduates high school. They're driving back to Bella's house now, and Jacob is just standing in the middle of the road and says he wants to talk to Edward. Edward talks to him, and he basically threatens, like, Jacob threatens Edward that if he bites a human, aka Bella, then the treaty will be over. And Bella tells Jacob she loves him and not to make her choose and that it will always be Edward. And this is just a hot fucking mess. Like, this is so unfair. It's so unfair for Bella to be like, don't make me choose, but I've already chosen. I'm going to be your friend, even though I've led you on for months at this point. It's like Bella thinks that she can still have Jacob around and be that close to him, like almost like they're in love and almost like she's dating him and date Edward and that nothing needs to change. It's really bizarre. And then Edward and Jacob like almost fight and Bella stands in between them. Jacob ends up leaving and Edward just like randomly proposes to her after all of this. It's really bizarre and out of nowhere and a terrible proposal for a book series that is so solely based around romance and this guy who is like gushing about how he's your soulmate. Like you would think there would be a better fucking proposal. So that's all I have to say about plot. So we're just going to move into cinematography. Um... I didn't have a ton to say about this. I just felt like you could tell as soon as this movie started that it had a much bigger budget and that they were taking it more seriously. There's a lot more normal cinematography in this movie compared to the last one. And the vampire's fast movements looked better. They were still kind of weird, but better. It's just the werewolves looked kind of crazy. I don't know. Um... Oh, one of the things that bothered me about the vampire movements was like Victoria was running really fast and they would blur her sometimes and that really bothered me. I just felt like it looked really good until they did that and then I was like, God, please stop. Up next we have soundtrack and I really have nothing to say about this. Was there even a soundtrack to this film? Like I, I can't remember a single song that was in it. So moving on, we are going into acting. And once again, Billy Burke is amazing. He gives me such great dad vibes. He is such a cutie with his mustache. I I love it. I get why people love loved the Charlie of it all. Um, 
please no one come for me, but I really think that Kristen Stewart and Taylor Lautner have way more on-screen chemistry than her and Robert Patterson do. Like, I mean, I, I guess at the end of the day, like, what does it even fucking matter? Because everyone in these movies was just, like, trying desperately to just get through this. They're like, please make it fucking end. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Why am I locked into this contract? So, I, and at the end of the day, like, Kristen Stewart, like, she's a fucking lesbian. She doesn't have chemistry with either of these guys. Like, I mean, we know that now. <laughs> You know, like she she didn't have chemistry with either of them. But if I had to say who had more on-screen chemistry, it's definitely um, her and Taylor Lautner. That being said, like, I feel like I'm coming across very Team Jacob here. I would like to be clear, I'm not Team Edward or Jacob. I'm Team Bella. I'm Team Kristen Stewart 2021 version. Like, that's it. Okay. Kristen Stewart did a lot less uh, the mouth breathing in this film. <laughs> it's so mean. I'm, I, someone, someone clearly told her to stop doing that, so she stopped doing that, and I'm very, very happy about that. Um, look, these actors, they are just doing the best that they can, and that's all I can really say about the acting. Dakota Fanning, uh, she was pretty cool. She did a really good job with the little bit of time she was on screen, I I loved it. We are now on costumes. Um, once again, I didn't have a lot to say about the like normal kids' costumes. They're just wearing a lot of like jeans with like zip up hoodies and t-shirts. Very like, you know, book three, um, the Harry Potter series. Uh, which one is that? Prisoner of Azkaban. Very similar kind of costumes to that. What year did that one come out in? Okay, so I looked it up and Prisoner of Azkaban came out in 2004, which is like a five-year difference. I don't know. I felt like they all dressed pretty similarly between those two movies. Um, Okay, they toned down the white face paint on everybody. Uh, Bella just looks like a normal pale girl now. And the Cullens still have a bit of white makeup on, but not as much. I'm... We, could, we we really could use a little bit less of the white makeup. That would be, you know, it would still make me happy to see a lot less. Um, the Cullens are still dressed kind of strangely. We mostly only see Alice throughout this film. And I have a lot to say about what Alice is wearing. So the first time we see Alice, she is wearing a blue army jacket with black leggings, a floral scarf that is wrapped fully around her neck like three times and then tied in the front the army jacket has puffed sleeves that are like um tanked or not tanked up sorry t-shirt length and she's wearing a long white sleeve shirt underneath it and she has black fingerless gloves on what the actual fuck why are there so many layers um when Edward goes to tell Bella that the Cullens are leaving and that she is not coming with him. He is wearing a full suit. Like, I'm not talking like he's wearing like a blazer. I'm not talking he's wearing like a nice shirt with pants, like dress pants. No, he is wearing a full suit, a full on suit. This guy was like, this is the breakup outfit I'm going to wear. A full fucking suit. <laughs> I don't know. It's so bizarre. It's 
oh my god at the beginning of this movie i think taylor lautner is wearing a wig and it is a pretty bad wig like guys can look really good with long hair and taylor lautner is a good looking kid like i why did they do this to him i was so grateful when they took that thing off of him and he just had short hair like it was frizzy and like styled weird i just don't understand why they had to do that to him that it just felt mean i mentioned this earlier but like why is everyone in this movie shirtless they are just constantly shirtless none of them own shirts not a single shirt in sight not a single shirt (laughs) oh god so continuing on with alice um she shows up at bella's house because she thinks bella killed herself um by jumping off the cliff and she is wearing a long white sleeve shirt with a white detective looking jacket over it and this jacket has uh, again t-shirt length um sleeves (laughs) and underneath the jacket um over top of the long sleeve shirt she is wearing a roughly button-up shirt um that has like little flowers on it and (laughs) a knit gray vest (laughs) with a cream scarf wrapped all the way around her neck and then a choker underneath the scarf It was like they asked five different interns what she should wear, and then they put them all, like, every suggestion onto her body. I don't understand what's going on. I think it's like they want her to be, like, the manic pixie dream girl, and it's just like, how many quirky items of clothing can we put on her body? Oh my gosh, she's so quirky. She's just not like the other girls. She wears ten shirts at the same time. I don't know, man. I might have to take a break from watching these movies for a little bit. I think I'm, like, cracking. (laughs) I have to take a couple days off before I watch the last two. (laughs) Next, we see Alice driving a car in Italy. And... (laughs) Okay. She is wearing the craziest gray jacket that has vertical tie-dye gray stripes and a brooch in the front and then she's wearing this like silk red floral scarf around her entire head and um these bright red pleather gloves (laughs) like (laughs) and she's wearing the biggest sunglasses there's just no chill like i understand i think the whole idea is like because it's sunny out she wants to have most of her um body covered from the light right that's the whole scarf thing right but then they just have to do it in the most aggressive and over-the-top way possible because like what is this series without being aggressive and over the top and having no fucking chill (laughs) i think the worst part of all of it is like i probably like would have watched these movies and been like yeah oh my god look at what she's wearing so different so different i love it i'm gonna be like her because she's not like the other girls (laughs) um so at the end of the film when they are deciding 
if Bella can be a part of the family or not. Um, <laughs> we see the rest of the Cullens, and they're all dressed pretty normally, just, you know, wearing, like, a nice shirt and, like, a cardigan. But Carlisle is wearing <laughs> a button-up shirt with a tie and a, like, cream-colored cardigan over it. And it is fully buttoned up all of the way. And then he has a matching scarf that is like the exact same color as the cardigan. It, maybe this is the issue. Is there's just too many layers with how they try to dress the Cullens. <laughs> like, let's just strip it back. Take, take it back a notch. Take it back. Just take a couple layers off. You know? You know, just like a, a normal just shirt with a cardigan and Carlisle would look look really great you know or even just just the button-up shirt with the tie he would have looked awesome but no no they have to like put three different outfits together and just layer them over each other oh I almost forgot I almost forgot okay back when they're at the Volturi Alice has to show them this vision that she's had of Bella as a vampire and it is Edward and Bella running through the forest and they are wearing like cult chic, cult fashion. Like <laughs> Edward is wearing again like a a suit. It's but it it is like white and cream, like off-white colored, and Bella is wearing this like white flowy dress and she's barefoot. It like screamed cult fashion like i <laughs> and then the, the guy who's looking at the vision is like wow it's so beautiful <laughs> i the volturi i feel like they were over the top in the way that they were dressed but like it made sense because they are this like vampire uh like i don't know like like if they didn't dress over the top, it would be strange. It would be strange. They're like a secret society of vampires. They're like the Illuminati of vampires, you know? Like, <laughs> if they dressed normally, it would be weird. It would be weird. Do you think the Cullens, like, can't dress normally because they... <laughs> Good lord. Because they're vampires. You know, like, in Harry Potter, how the wizards, like, try to dress like muggles, and they just, like, really, really fail at it? Do you think this is, like, the vampire version of that? Like, in the books, I remember that Alice buys all of their clothing. Oh, wait. This is why they dress weird. It's because Alice buys all their fucking clothing, and she dresses like a psycho. <laughs> it all makes sense now. <laughs> Good lord. Okay, so final thoughts on New Moon. Um, this movie was two fucking hours long. It did not need to be this long. I Nothing happens in this movie. Nothing happens. I feel like they could condense this movie into one of the other movies. Like, this needed to be like half an hour long. Bella gets depressed because Edward leaves. She hangs out with Jacob for a little bit. And then this whole thing with the Volturi happens. This literally could have been an hour. It could have been half an hour. It could have been part of another movie. It did not need to be a... F like, I am so glad that I did not read this book. Because it would have been like 
500 pages of this fucking shit. 500 pages. I, one thing I do remember from the books is that when Bella gets depressed, I actually felt like this was kind of a cool effect. Like she gets depressed and then it's just like the, the pages are blank and they just say the name of the month on them. So you just flip through the months where Edward is gone. And I think that that's like the most effective thing. I felt like it really depicts what it's like to feel depression where time is just passing and you like nothing happens you don't you don't have any identifiable things that are happening but for that to be a movie (laughs) a two-hour movie (laughs) it's a bit much I I can't I just that's all I have I don't know um yeah I I don't know we'll see We'll see how I feel about the next one. I'm I'm very intrigued to watch the next one because I don't remember a single thing about it. Is the next movie going to deal with Victoria? Because I feel like she wasn't dealt with at the end of this movie. Was she? I can't remember. I feel like she is still out there and it hasn't being dealt with so maybe that's what the next movie is about if that is what the next movie slash book is about they really should have like it it, i they just dragged this shit out right like i i really think um these books and movies well i'm going to talk more just about the book these books read like stephanie Mayer cared a lot about these characters um, but I don't think that she cared a lot about the plot around them. I think that she had a lot of fun writing the interactions between these characters. And then the plot really around it is just there because she has to have a plot to the book. You know, like, that's how it reads to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm being harsh, but yeah. Anyways, once again, this is a short episode. I think it's safe to say that this will probably be the length of most of the episodes, half an hour, 45 minutes-ish. Um, I really thought I would have maybe more to say about this one because I didn't remember it, but that's okay. When we get back to Harry Potter, obviously it will be more around the hour mark. So anyways... Um, be sure to check us out on all forms of social media. We have TikTok, we have Instagram, we have uh, Tumblr and Twitter. Don't really use Twitter that often, but we got it. Um, and we are Cauldron Cakes and Wine or CC and Wine on all of them. If you have any feedback, you can email us at cauldroncakesandwine at gmail.com. It'd be nice if somebody sent us an email. I've never got an email from anyone would be very cool (laughs) if you have opinions just don't say them on twitter because i check twitter like once every three months so you know somewhere else tell me somewhere else anyways that's all i got for you guys have a good night bye